Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Howdy folks and welcome to a very special TFL Talking Cars. And I've got Tommy here, so we rarely get a chance to do this together and I'm very excited about it and I'm also excited about what we're featuring. Yeah, so we're trying something a little new for our podcast listeners. We are outside of the studio today taking a look at the new Toyota Prius. And Nathan and I in this podcast are going to have a discussion. Is the Toyota Prius cool? So I did this video with Sofian over at Redline Reviews. He gave his opinion. And today we're talking to Nathan to find out now that the Toyota has been completely redesigned. Have they made the Prius cool? And before we go into that, I know a lot of you guys are thinking, and for those of you who are listening, we're actually outdoors. And this is kind of rare, but this is something we're starting to do a little bit more because some of you have said, yeah, I really like this format. And if this is something you want to continue to see, please let us know in the comments below. Now, what are we standing next to? Tommy. Well, yeah, 2023 Prius. So the Prius, of course, is a vehicle synonymous with fuel efficiency and cost efficiency, but not really designed. But Toyota has gone ahead and really tried to redesign this car to not only make it efficient, but now make it look good. So it's longer, lower, wider, and way more aggressive. It is it's actually two inches lower uh, or sh uh, yeah, from the roof line than the previous uh, Prius. And I gotta tell you, I've never been a huge Prius fan in the past because to me, it was like rolling birth control. They just really weren't. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, I mean, they weren't really something that I that was passionate. It wasn't something that I was like, oh, yeah, look at that Prius go. But that changed the day I saw this, which I thought was a concept car. The first time it was, I think, a white one mm -hmm. that I saw in, in, you know, some picture of. And I thought, no, they're not going to build that. That's not going to be a Prius. And they did. And 
at least visually, absolutely stunning. I was not expecting this. Well, the story behind this car is pretty interesting. So I was actually at the launch of this, and then also the Prius Prime, which mm. is a plug-in hybrid version. And essentially, um, they were going to do another Prius, just a normal, small, efficient, spacey, roomy car. Right. Um, and the chief designer and the chief engineer went to Akio Toyoda and said to him, we want to try to make the Prius cool. And he said, I don't think it's possible. But they actually went and did something very unusual in the Japanese culture, and they pushed themselves to actually go against the norm to build a Prius that was not as people thought a Prius should be. And they really pushed the boundaries. They actually pushed what Aki Toyota said was possible, and they, they came up with this design. He took a look at it and said, all right, let's give it a try. And Aki Toyota's big thing was, we need to build interesting cars. And this is one of those examples. Everything comes with a cost, right? So if you are going to build something this cool, you're going to lose a couple things. Mm -hmm. And I can show you right off the bat one of the things you're going to lose if you want to come on over here and have a look-see. And that is right here. As absolutely elegant and beautiful as it is from the side, you may have noticed it's a very low car. There are sports cars that are taller than this. Well, it's funny you say that because if I remember correctly, the windshield slope on this car is as raked as the Lexus LFA. Remember the LFA? Oh, I do. The V10? Hell yeah. 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 So if you think about that, it's a really big windshield as well. And you actually open the door on this thing. And I'm not going to get in it right now, but I will a little bit later. You have to drop down to the ground in order to get into this <laughs> because it's like a sports car. Yeah. But the reality is it's not a sports car. And I know that a lot of you guys out there, in fact, a lot of periodicals, our competitors, they've all agreed on the same thing. They absolutely knocked it out of the park by designing this thing and making it look the way that it did. But I think what a lot of people are forgetting is the context of what did you lose by building this? Mm. Yeah, and you certainly lose headroom, and especially rear seat headroom. But what you do gain is a design. So Alex, come around to the front here, and we'll talk about what makes this thing unusual. So in the front, it's much more angular. So the old one had kind of this weird mustache grill that extended over the length of the car. The new one has these streaks now on the lower and the upper portion that give it a very aggressive look, very pointy, and once again, much more angular. And then the headlights do kind of this clamp design where they've got these DRLs, which make this C, and then you've got the actual main beams down here. Look at this, this little, it's almost like a wing the way it comes over the top of the headlights. This design element just going across here is what wakes up the whole front end. And if you are a huge Toyota fan with their styling, if you look at the 86 or the Supra, you might recognize a little bit of this design element as it is somewhat similar. But I think they actually did a better job in the Prius than they did in those other two cars. One thing I hate. Ah, show me. This. So there's this molded block. Oh, I know, the license plate block. Yeah, this is actually molded into the front plastic bumper. It's not removable. And, you know, if you had a plate here, obviously it makes sense. You need to have the, the place to put the plate. But if you, for example, are running Texas plates like this car and you don't need the front plate, you end up with this big chunky Lego on the front of the car. Oh, that's where you put the winch. The winch! Yeah, you cut that <laughs> out. You put the winch right there, yo. Um, yeah, that doesn't make... <sighs> I get it. I know why they did it because it's cost savings. Yeah. And they probably didn't have to put a special bracket in here or something like that. This is all one piece. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I agree with Tommy. If you don't need a front plate, this kind of sucks. You want to bet that there's going to be some people that'll have a delete for this? There might be. I bet you in the future because there's going to be guys who are going to customize this. This upcoming SEMA, 
I'll bet money that we're going to see a variety of different ones slammed. You think we're going to see a slammed Prius? Yes. Like a wide-bodied yes. Prius? Yes, I really? totally do. And, and look at this. This is uh, My favorite design element of the car is just the Coke bottle shape. If you shoot it from the headlight up there where Tommy is right now, you should be able to see the way it contours. Look at this bulge. I didn't sound right, but you know what I mean. The way it comes out like this, this actual, there's actually something here that's protruding, and then it goes in down here at the door. It's gorgeous. It is. It's a lot of design. Wow. And then, talking about the wheels too, right? Big wheel of this Prius. We're looking at a 19-inch wheel, but what's interesting is this is where kind of the design and the functionality clashes a little bit because 19 inch wheel but they still need to keep it efficient so you got this really narrow like 195 profile tire yeah so you got kind of an interesting confluence there of the design and then two-tone lots of two-tone so we see the black on the silver the shiny black the black mirrors you got black window trim um so in the pre in the past this would have been like a nightshade edition now it's just kind of a normal Prius. Yeah, although this is the top of the line in its class right now, and this is also the most expensive before you get to like the Prius Prime. Now bear in mind, this does not have the extra motor. There is a way you can get this with all wheel drive. Yeah, what do you think about that? So the Love old it. one you could too, <laughs> but it had, I kid you not, a seven horsepower rear motor. The only purpose, and I talked to Toyota designers back when I drove that thing, because when they said that, I kept saying, do you mean 70? Do you mean 17 at least? Nope, seven. The reality is, all they needed that power for is to get you out of a sticky situation. And you really don't need a lot of horsepower in a light car to turn those wheels. Just a little bit of turning can get you out of a sticky situation. Mm -hmm. However, it doesn't really enhance your driving performance in any real way. However, they've made a big change with the new electric motor that's powering the rear wheels if you get the all-wheel drive version. Yeah, 40 horsepower. 40. That's considerably more. And that vehicle, by comparison, is, uh, I mean, this one is a performance bargain and performance maven if you consider what it is compared to the previous Prius. I'm going to get my tongue tied on that. And the reason is under the hood. This is a lot more powerful. Hey, you want to pop the hood there? Yeah. I'll open it up. So, um... Do you like that new ding, by the way? No. No. You don't no. like the new ding. No, I don't like. I don't like things yelling at me when I'm gonna open a door. <laughs> so let me open the door. You know. All right. But. So uh, the old Prius had a 1.8 liter four-cylinder. The new Prius has jumped up to a two-liter four-cylinder. So 200 cc's more. It's gone from um, well, it's gone from 120 horsepower to 194. So it's actually up 71 horsepower in the front-wheel drive. Now that is combined, right? Yeah, 71. So Toyota has mastered over the years hybrids. Hybrid technology really is part of Toyota's thing. And by taking a vehicle and making it even more powerful, yet keeping it efficient, this vehicle gets across the board 52 mpg. Wow. I mean, yeah, that's pretty good for something that puts up, well, close to 200 horsepower. That's not too bad. Look at these big old dogs coming into the video. Holy oh, yeah. cow. Yeah, I mean, 52 horse, 52 mpg. So you got more power than the old one, more efficiency than the old one. Um, and I want to look at this too, Alex. Come check this out. This is pretty interesting. So when you think of oils like 10W20, 10W30, 5W20, 0W16. So a lot of the new manufacturers now are using super low viscosity oils to improve efficiency. That's right. And this is an engine that runs kind of like a generator. It's not really built for super high RPM. 
one of the points of it is so it can actually go through an efficient cycle at low RPM. That way you're not burning a lot of dinosaurs. And at the same time, you're also using an electric motor to supplement that power. Now the question, Nathan, is if you want a car, um, like a typical Prius buyer would probably buy a car, you just care about efficiency, maybe you want a little bit of room. Mm -hmm. You know, it used to be that when a Prius was around, if you wanted a hybrid, you had to get a Prius. But now you can get a Corolla and a Corolla Cross and a RAV4 and a Camry hybrid and all these other hybrids in the Toyota lineup. Yes, as a matter of fact, other than sports cars, and other than the uh, 4Runner, everything else that Toyota builds has a hybrid variant or comes standard with a hybrid powertrain. Even power their train. minivan has a hybrid. Yeah, and you can get that minivan as a hybrid standard, and then you can throw all-wheel drive into the mix if you want to upgrade. So that's one of the things I think that is a little bit of a challenge for a Toyota is in some ways they're competing against themselves now because the Corolla hybrid, very efficient, now super cheap, now also available in all-wheel drive, you know, it's still a car just like the Prius. So which, what do you think? What do you get? Well, the Corolla has a little bit more of an up. You know, it, it, it's an easier, simpler car, and yep. it's not as efficient as this. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to get a car that's, you know, cheap and yet very efficient, and then you can fit in at least with the front seats without having to fall to the ground, that might be the way to go. But if you want to get maximum efficiency, remember that the drag coefficient on this is one of the lowest out there, period. Yeah. Um, and that, that's why you have this amazing huge windshield leading to this. This is just amazing. It, and I keep using that word, I really shouldn't, because this is something that I would see, seriously, like on a Lamborghini or something like that, the way this is designed. It is such a sharp angle, it's well, remarkable. What do you think of the butt? So check out the rear, Yeah, come on, let's, let's. So you got that thing now that every company has to do where you got the LED light bar thing that goes across the whole rear. Yep. And then you also have these little, uh, little spoilers here. You got this little kind of tear duct that appears down. Prius spelled out like it's a Range Rover on the back. And then we've got new badging. So HEV is a hybrid electric vehicle. If you got the Prime, it would say PHEV, plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. And then they have this new spacey moon badge. No idea what that means. <laughs> That's their new Beyond Zero badge. That's uh. their new electrified badge. I don't know if people are gonna understand that, the HEV. Yeah, I mean, they're going to look at that and just think, oh, no idea, and then keep on going. Because for the most part, I don't see too many auto enthusiasts normally going towards a Prius and just like, oh, yeah, I, want, I lust after that. <laughs> so, But with this one, that may change a few things, and I'm very curious to see that. Once again, I've already named one of its issues, and the fact it's so low, and you know, really, you have to fall into the car. But another issue actually is right back here, and that has to do with cargo space. You actually lose a little bit. Yeah, we'll pop it open. What do you think of the LTD badging? Well, I think Ford would be thrilled. <laughs> LTD, that's a limited trim. You get the badging on the back. All right, let's pop this right. pupper. I think I got it. Yeah, electric yeah, lift gate. That's pretty cool. So. Capacity has gone down. So the old one was sitting at about 27 cubic feet. The new one's sitting at about 24. And then, um, you know, you do get the power lift gate. You do get this little parcel shelf. Yeah, I wouldn't put anything on top of it, honestly. This is really just a lightweight thing to hide and obscure your items in there. And look well, at this. I think it even... I think it folds. Shoo, look at that. Yeah, yeah, and you could probably stuff that in here, actually, I bet. Yeah, oh, look at the foam. Yeah, so check this out. This isn't, I know it looks just like foam from a cooler. Actually, if I put my nail into it, it doesn't stay, so it's a little bit higher end foam, I guess. Squishy, and it doesn't completely deform. 
And I was guessing that you can throw a bunch of um, bottles of uh, drink back here with ice, <laughs> but uh, that's probably not what this is for. It's just regular storage. Or kombucha, um, as you said, or for kombucha. a Prius driver. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, sorry, Prius drivers. I'm totally going to be making fun of you during this podcast. Uh, but there is some storage over here and there. And then this little thing here is, I think, a battery. Yeah, this is, um, I think, where the, perhaps where the 12-volt um, 12 12 volt battery goes. And check this out. Seats fold. Do they fold flat? Yeah, and then yeah. Yeah, that thing, I think, comes over, over here. This extends. You got like yeah. this little like fabric thing which is supposed oh. to cover up. It's just to cover the oh, back of the seat. The yeah. Okay. I thought it came over to this. But whatever. It's still big enough for a bike. Um, probably have to take the front tire off though. I think you're probably yeah. right. Yeah. For sure. But let me show you one of the big downfalls of this new two inch low roof line. Alex, go over to the driver's side. And then let me, uh, we've got, we got a couple different heights here, but Nathan and I are both six feet tall. And if you want to come back here, this is where things get. So I drove the car. Pretty poor. Um, the headroom. You want to take a look at the headroom there, Alex? Yeah. So I'm I am fully squished now. But your leg room isn't as bad as I thought it would be. No, leg room is pretty good. I mean, your feet feet uh, feel uh, your feet fill the underseat, but they still can go in there. Yeah, and then no pocket on the driver's side, pocket on the passenger side, and then this roof line kind of impedes visibility out the back. Right. So that's that's the big drawback. In the old one, you had like a kind of a bubble shape. The new one, you got the sloped rear roof line. So if you're taller, and the other thing too, and I don't think Toyota's gonna like me talking about this, but I think it's a valid thing to talk about, is this car is used a lot in a lot of different cities around the world yeah. for rideshare. Yes. This is a bad rideshare backseat. You know what else the Toyota did with a similar model? Their Crown, which I know you had some exposure to, mm -hmm. that's a big car, right? Big, big car. But because they have a roof line that's similar to this, the way it's shaped, you don't have that backseat space. The roof line's dreadful in the back. Yeah, yeah that's true. So, I mean, it's, it's form and function, and they're sort of tossing that up to make it a little bit better looking, perhaps, but then they're losing some functionality, which can be an issue. Personally speaking, I don't mind this too much because most people who are really hip to riding in Prius, they're doing yoga, hot <laughs> yoga, you know, or, or goat uh, yoga, goat yoga, and they're able to fold themselves into pretzels. And so they're totally fine with putting their elbows and their knees and their ears all together in a line. So this car is a, the dual sunroofs. You got the, the, the glass roof with the two sunroofs. Yeah, this I, is not standard though. Right? No, it is not. No, and I asked the engineer, I said, if you don't get the sunroofs, do you get more rear seat room? And he said, not really. So the headroom doesn't change whether or not you get the, the metal roof or the glass roof. Gotcha. But uh, what do you think, you wanna hop on the inside? Yeah, yeah, let's have a look-see. Um, Alex, hop in the back seat there, maybe in the middle, and we'll, we'll show off some of the features. If you guys think we're punishing Alex, you're wrong. She's five foot two. She, uh, she signed up for this, I think, I hope. So, um, yeah, see, I, I mean, I really do have to kind of like bend a bit to get in, but the seats are relatively comfortable. They're small though. For my big fat back, my shoulders are definitely dripping over the sides. Yeah. So it is definitely a uh, tight fit. Let's fire this up. Yeah, let's get some AC going oh, here. Oh, by the way, um, I wanted to thank our Patreons who uh, have been so awesome about supporting us. And uh, there was a question, not from Patreon, but just a regular email. It was actually uh, to you, Tommy. Yeah. Uh, this guy was asking me, and he also wanted me to talk to you about um, buying uh, used classic simple cars. Uh-huh. And if now's the time for it. And then he added on top of that, 
should I get something that has already been painted or painted myself? And I thought <laughs> that in the future, there's going to be a video that you're going to be talking about painting cars yeah. that you guys need to stay tuned for. And Tommy will definitely have an opinion about that. Did you hear about my debacle? I don't know if you heard yes, about it. Oh, my That's God. That's why I was mentioning it. So I've got this Volkswagen Beetle, 71, that needs some paint work. And basically what happened is the previous owner painted it in the 80s. Mm -hmm. You want to clip that mic in the seatbelt? So yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, painted in the 80s, and the paint shop didn't seal the surface properly, and now the paint is flaking off. Mm -hmm. And um, what that means is that they basically have to grind down all the paint and start from scratch. So I went to an affordable shop and asked how much would it be. $15,000. $15,000. And essentially what the guy is doing is he's going to punish Tommy for taking away time that he could be working on other cars. That's essentially <laughs> how, I, how I'm getting this. Well, um, and I asked him, I said, you know, that seems crazy, but he explained the whole process and how basically because you can't simply sand down the paint and use that as a base, you got to go to bare metal. Every, every painted bit has to go back to bare. Um, you can media blast it. He said he wouldn't because it's like unraveling an onion. I'm sure the car's got some bondo on it. Um, but he said even if they sand it down, scrape it down 15 grand um really nice guy he explained it to me he said even a cheap mako job in that car would probably be close to eight grand um and then he said you know he called me back yesterday he said you know i really want to help you i really want this car to be look looking good he said i could do it for 12 if you want to take all the chrome and stuff off but the car is worth maybe 14 it's not i can't put 12 grand into it look at that nathan yes that's really cool the, the new camera setup is really really nice uh, by the way, Tommy, I will do it for 3000 with some rattle cans. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'll get Alex and Case to help me out. We'll get some uh, brewskis and make it happen. So we're looking at this animation right now, if you're listening, where it's doing a full 360-degree pan of the car using the cameras. I wonder, Nathan, have you ever used this functionality? No, never. And in fact, I thought I tried using it before uh, on uh, the Land Rover when, we were, when I was off-road lightly, and I thought, hey, this will... No, it didn't do anything. It, it was actually making things worse because it's not what you're seeing on this graphic isn't necessarily exactly what you're seeing on the outside of the vehicle. It's a little distorted, exactly, too. and so it makes it you have to really question what you're looking at. But um, it still has. Uh, let me see. Is this the one where you can? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. So you can kind of pause it kinda, and play it. Yeah, but it's. I don't know. Maybe if you want to make sure you're not running over some small dog or something like that, that this would be good. But otherwise. I don't really see the purpose of this. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, 
always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. So, what do you think of the overall interior look on this car? It, it's a mix of very simple um, and a couple really logical things. First of all, I, I love this screen up in front of me. Yeah, you know why you love it? My dad talked to Toyota as to why they do that. Mm. It's for older folks. Well, older folks like your dad are osteo, so they're looking through the bottom of the steering wheel. Apparently, they put it up higher so you don't look through the steering wheel so that older, shorter folks can see it better. Well, that, if that. You, yeah, if you drop the steering wheel, you really can see it, even if you're <laughs> tiny. But uh, in my case, I, I usually drive with the steering wheel kind of at a middle, middle point. Yeah. Yeah, I can see everything I need to see right in front of me. It doesn't obscure what I'm looking at with the windshield. It's actually a very nice, logical setup, decent colors. And you don't need a heads-up display when you have this. So we're talking about this screen that you look over the steering wheel to see, kind of like the Enterprise. I would say it's about an 8-inch screen, maybe. This is the first Prius, I think, Nathan, because every other Prius, remember, they had that weird pod I thing in the that. middle? Hated it, hated it, hated it. Yeah. Now, this is 12.3? Uh, 12.3. Yeah, and this is um, Toyota's new thing. Mm -hmm. They're now doing really big screens. Uh, whether or not there's a whole subscription thing coming later on, I don't know. But I do know this. Volume control button, thank you. But there is no uh, tuner knob here, which is kind of a bummer, but whatever. I do love these. I like having buttons, hard buttons and toggles. And Tommy, don't tell me you love them because you don't. I saw your little <laughs> your, what Tesla. Tesla video where you're sitting there going that Tesla's converted you into loving screen buttons. Phooey, <laughs> this is better. This is better. Look, I can actually feel that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, oh. is, it is nice. I'll give you that. It okay. is nice. It's a little... Yeah, it is. A lot of the components in here are kind of like hard plastics and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, that's an issue. I don't really like this. It's kind of like a fake carbon fiber. Mm. I would just rather just be a color. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Kind of weird. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe a piece of metal or a fake metal. That'd be kind of nice. So the old Prius had the vertical screen. Yeah, the no new bueno. one, new one's horizontal. Much you like better. You like this more? Yeah. The, the setup, the, um, all, the ergonomics of this vehicle are better. The screen is way better in its placement and its design. I like all the hard buttons here. Almost everything is a hard button. And then over here on my left, there's also uh, additional buttons, including a heated steering wheel. And I think that that is for a heated windshield. Yes, the windshield wipers, I think, are heated. Ah, okay, that makes right. sense. Which is great, especially if you get the all-wheel drive version of this, then it actually becomes a decent Colorado car. Wireless, yeah, you also get half an inch more ground clearance than the old one. Um, wireless Apple CarPlay, wireless Android Auto. The new screen now has these profiles, so you can, like, dial in your settings. Not a big fan of the profiles. No, I'm really not. I, I think it's just an unnecessary, complex thing. Mm. But uh, all the buttons for the seat movement are hard buttons. The seats themselves, honestly, I, I'm pretty sure this is the fake leather, and... It doesn't feel great. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not super fan. Yeah, I'm not a super fan. Let's talk about uh, some of the other things. Do you want to take it for a quick ride while we're talking about what's on the uh, page there? Um, Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Let's, uh, let's, let's let Alex get buckled in here. I can yeah. see the cal camera, Alex. While you're doing let's that, see. I wanted to show the gear lever. Yeah. Because this is actually a little bit different than the old one. But essentially, it's the same idea. Um, in terms of getting into gear, you have to move it over, drive, or reverse. Uh, here's park. What is B for? B is a regenerative mode, so it's going to be more of like a one-footed mode. But it's not completely one-footed, is it? No, not completely. And then you have also drive modes on this thing, so ah. look. So you've got custom, sport, normal, and eco, depending oh. on how you want to drive your car. You also have an EV mode, which will let you go slow speeds and electricity only. Right. Although, 
the car will do that automatically, so there's really no reason there's for no that. There's no reason to have that. Maybe you want to go through a retirement home area, and you don't want to have the engine, which is so loud, of course. Wireless charger? Sideways? You like the sideways? No. You don't like the no, sideways? No, I'd rather... I, well, here, may I? Yeah, let's see if your phone fits. Nathan's got the chunkiest phone in the world. Well, that's because this can be used as a weapon I have. This is a, a military-grade aluminum on here. <laughs> oh, it fits. Yeah, but it's not... Why it's not going? Well, you just said it's military grade aluminum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, but it will work in certain uh, uh, chi uh, things. I'd rather it be here, frankly, where I could just throw it there. Well, no, this is the secret cubby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should talk about that. So push this up, and then if you look down in there, it says hashtag. Uh, let me get. Let me zoom in here because this okay. is this is notable. It says hashtag hidden compartment. <laughs> There's actually those little Easter eggs all throughout the car. There's like a couple on the windshield. On the outside too. On the uh, outside. The doors and stuff. Yeah. Do you like the Easter eggs? They're going all jeepy on us here. Yeah, it's, it's kind of fun for some people. I don't mind that. I I like the fact that people try to put a little bit of imagination into a vehicle. I can appreciate that. And if I were a designer, I would love to. Especially if I was having, you know, had to design something that was considered, I don't know, stodgy, old man-ish or whatever. I'd love to play with it a little. All right, so I got the window sticker, Nathan. So as standard, thirty-four thousand four sixty-five, which is a decent price. Limited spec. That's right. Um, this one has a digital rearview mirror for two hundred bucks. The limited premium package for a oh, thousand. There we go. You like that? Yeah, I do actually. You know what's great about that? Alex, you know, her uh, head would normally be right in the middle of this, and now that I have the digital on, it's not. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Heated yeah. rear seats, 350 bucks. Heated rear seats in a Prius. That's not bad. It's pretty bougie. Um, carpeted floor mats, $300. Oh, come on. Yeah, I know. 300 for, come on. What do you get if you don't get the carpeted floor mats? Is it just hemp? <laughs> yeah, just is throw a, some, is a Prius. <laughs> some vegetation on the floor. Yeah, they, they sprinkle sawdust. So total price thirty-seven four ninety-four, um, but I think you can get this car realistically for like low thirties, depending on the trim. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, yeah, so some other things that you get in the limited ventilated front seats. Yes. I think you get the heated steering wheel in this car. Yes, you do. This one has it. Uh, Nineteen-inch wheels, by LED headlights, seven-inch multi-screen there. Um, six USB-C ports. Yeah, are there any regular USB ports? Uh, you're all USB-Cs now. Ah! <laughs> you know how many cords I have that are just... Uh, you know, I'm sure you know. <laughs> Nathan, you're uh, going to have to make the switch. But every time I make a switch, something happens. You know, I mean, <laughs> people are going to look at this and scream, where's the CD player? You know that Lexus GX we just had at the office? Has a DVD, or no, it has a CD player in it. That's gotta be one, one of the last. last. It is, I, I, I looked everywhere. I could not figure out any other car, other than perhaps some cars that are just still in production that shouldn't be. I don't know, Infinity might have something that has a... Um, I don't know. Yeah. So the last car ever to have a cassette player was a Lexus. Was a Lexus. Yep. And I think the last car to have a CD player is also going to be a Lexus. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Given the demographic, that makes total sense. Although a lot of them, a lot of Lexus owners love driving these cars. And here's one of my questions. Remember when Lexus was building essentially interesting or trying to build interesting cars based on the Prius platform and other platforms. Remember when they had that CT200? I do, that was a I cool car. I liked that car. It just didn't have the power it needed, but it had everything else, I thought, to make it into a really cool entry level Lexus. Do you, a hot hatch. Do you remember when Lexus had, this is a really obscure car, the HF? Yes. This little sedan that kind of looked like a Prius that was only hybrid. That thing was a monumental flop. It was it was terribly ugly. It was terribly ugly. It was sort of the uh, Lexus version of an Echo. OK, 
Okay, sure. We'll go with it. I like that. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Um, By the way, so uh, driving impressions. I drove this car here. This is the first time I've touched this car. Yeah, what are your first impressions? First impressions of this car. It doesn't drive as quietly or as softly as the previous Prius. However, what they did was they beefed up the suspension and they beefed up the engine. So here I go. Oh my goodness, the wheel actually lost a little traction for a brief second there. Wow. So it moves. It's, it's not. A, it's not a rocket. Not at all. In fact, you know, you, you up at high elevation, it probably makes it struggle even more. But it's firm, and as far as I can tell, the acceleration in here is comparable to any car out there with a standard four-cylinder engine. But it doesn't feel like it has some, you know, like a wheezy CVT slowing it down or anything like that. Right. Um, this vehicle, oh, I'm going to go around this corner, so hold on, Alex. I'm going to go a little bit quick, just a little. Yeah, that's that's nice. It doesn't do the crazy lean like it did before, but it still does do some leaning. So it's not a sports car, but it handles better. And that, to me, it looks better, handles better, it's got more power, and it's more efficient. Yeah. Realistically, 0 to 60 is like mid-seven-second range at sea level. That's not bad. Well, the old one was like 10. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could set large clocks to that. Um, but... And this is an important caveat here. There is a more powerful version, mm. which is coming out. And I believe you got a chance to see it, at least. Yeah, I drove it. It's the Prius Prime. Ah. So that's the plug-in hybrid. It goes about 40 miles on a single charge. Mm-hmm. It's uh, got 220 horsepower, under 7 seconds, 0 to 60. Um, now, that one's going to be more expensive, front-wheel drive only. You can get it with like a solar-powered roof, which will give you a couple miles of range on a nice sunny day. Um, but I think for most folks, the standard Prius probably makes a little bit more sense. And this kind of goes to something that I wanted to discuss with you. I've had a conversation or seven with your dad about this, but I think that you'll probably have a slightly different perspective on it. Now, Toyota has been very resistant to going over to full electric. Mm. Part of that has to do with Toyota and his personal perspective that hybrid is the way to go. Right. Now, forget the whole political ramifications of going all electric, not going electric, and where that sits on what other side. Just in terms of logic, building a car like this and cars like this, do you think Toyota's going the right route by being resistant to electrification and sticking with stuff like this? Well, because I love electric, I mean, I think the answer is no, but then I have to take into the perspective a lot of people that live in apartment buildings that don't have access to nightly charging. And I think for those folks, this makes a lot of sense. Um, and I almost feel that the, the non-plug-in hybrid Prius makes more sense than the full plug-in hybrid Prius. 52 MPG, right? Um, it's really impressive. And now in this new model, you get a fun-to-drive factor. You get uh, a more premium experience than the old one. It's not embarrassing to own. I mean, you could park this in front of a hotel or in front of someone's house, and it's like, oh, who's Prius? That's a really cool-looking car. Yeah. In fact, I bet you a lot of people for the next couple of years are going to look at this and say, yeah, I don't know what that is, but it's cool. You know what I mean? I, I, I Until agree. they figure out that it is actually a Prius. And the stigma still won't completely go away, because I'll still make fun of them. But at the same time, I will acknowledge, hey, you got really good taste in cars. Because so far, this thing's really impressed me. So I want to answer some questions from the last TFL Talk podcast that you did with my dad. Yes. Um, James Clark says, I normally get a new car every three years, but between pricing of new trucks and how bad the rates are now, I've decided to hold on to my current truck. It's not a question, it's more of a statement. Okay. Um, But it makes sense. Yeah, right now, I mean, things have improved. The supply chain is beginning to finally open up. 
cars are finally starting to go onto lots, so we're starting to see more of those. It's improving, but at the same time, pricing hasn't really kept pace, right? So a lot of people are still paying premiums, which I think is completely unjust. And other people have to have long wait periods. There's guys who are ordering Broncos and Mustangs that have to wait like a year. It's right. just, it's not, it's not good. So if you're holding onto your car and waiting, it's probably a good idea. I made the mistake of not waiting and getting impatient when I bought my Hyundai. And I had to wait uh, five months to get it. Well, And that was for a vehicle that's nowhere near as popular as its competition, the Maverick. So speaking of your Hyundai, we got a Patreon comment. Big thank you to all of you who follow us on Patreon. Thanks, guys. You make the comment, uh, you make the, the podcast possible. Uh, Patreon.com slash TFLcar. Now, the question was regarding your Santa Cruz. Mm, okay. Do you wish you had gotten a Maverick? There are times that I wish I do. Uh, I wish I... The, the, the only Maverick I was seriously interested in was actually the hybrid, not the um, all-wheel drive one, because the all-wheel drive one to me uh, was on par with the turbocharged version of the of the uh, Santa Cruz, and I wasn't really interested in either of those. But the hybrid gets really good mileage, and it's a decent car, and it works like a truck. However, the reason I didn't do it was because my wife, the first time she jumped in two different Mavericks, she didn't like either of them. She didn't find them very comfortable, and she didn't enjoy being behind the wheel. Um, she did like the, the Santa Cruz. And remember, the Santa Cruz isn't just for me, guys. This is a family car. Mm. My daughter drives it. My wife drives it. My son, in about a year and a half, he'll be driving it. So it's it's a family car. Um, yes, I, I really do miss the fact that I could have had a little bit more of a trucky feel. And I love the looks of the Maverick, too. But at the end of the day, I am still, I have no major buyer's remorse with my Santa Cruz, with one exception. Okay, what's, what's the exception? <laughs> I had a recall. I have complained about this before. Yeah. And they had to replace the wiring harness for the tow package, which I had put in at the factory, right? Well, they didn't have a fix for it. So they're basically like, okay, bring it in. And we're going to unplug it and take the wire, that portion of the wiring harness out. They haven't had any major incidents, but they told you don't park it in front of your, in your garage or whatever, because one harness was defective and had a spark. Mm. And that could lead to something. So fortunately, nobody got hurt, but at the same time, they didn't have a fix. Yet, I know for a fact there are other companies out there that are like, oh yeah, we'll put a harness in there, no problem. The only reason I'm not doing that is because I don't want to hurt the warranty or have to deal with any of this type of, you know, and guys, by the way, you need to make sure that if you're adding components to your car, right. that you don't avoid, uh, avoid your warranty. So that really irritated me that Hyundai didn't have a quick fix for that, and it could be months before I actually get it. And... This weekend is the first time I actually needed to be a tow vehicle, and I can't tow with it. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, it really ticks me off. Do you wish you'd gotten the turbo model? No, because the turbo has the dual clutch, and I don't want the dual clutch. Actually, the whole reason I didn't buy the turbo, and I, I could have gotten a good deal on the turbo, was because I specifically didn't want that dual clutch 8-speed transmission. Yeah. I wanted the regular automatic, and so far it's been creamy smooth. It has a weird shift between, uh, like, second and third or third and fourth, where it has a like a disconnect for a second, but I think that's normal. But otherwise, it's just no problems. Eh, averaging about 25 miles, 26 miles per gallon. Is it slow? Yeah. <laughs> it's not fast. What does your family call it, the turtle? They call it the turtle because of the color of it and because of this whole Korean turtle bolt thing. It's a long story. Um, <laughs> I actually have a sticker next to the TFL sticker on it that has a boat that was uh, a Korean turtle boat, which was 16th century, I believe. Anyway, long story there, but... Uh, so between that and the fact that it's green and, and yeah, it's not fast. So my, my, my wife's like, it's not as fast as my mini. 
Yeah, she breaks the speed limit all the time in our mini. <laughs> vortex come off the roof and she tries to break the sound barrier. Uh, but bottom line, no, I don't. Re I don't regret using it, uh, buying it, and I've used it quite a bit as a little pickup, quite a bit. I've put thousands of pounds of uh, weight into it so far, and uh, drove it back and forth to Trinidad, Colorado, and it was a great little road trip car too. It was great. Yeah. Well, let's hop on out, Nathan, and yeah. we will close up this video here. Still got your mic on you there. Uh, I think the mic just got launched. I'll, I'll get it. Thank you. All right. Ah. So going back to our initial question, has Toyota made the Prius cool? Can I, can I answer that with uh, something that I'll, I'll explain to you guys who are listening? Sure. Bam! Home run out of the park. They knocked it out of the park. I did not expect them to build this car. I never expected a Prius to be remotely cool. I think that the designers deserve a raise and some serious sake and then all of that together, I think that this should be the new design language for all of their Prius and electric vehicles in the future because it looks so bloody good. It's a good looking car. It really is a, just a fantastic looking car. Yeah, I mean, I think that they have nailed it in terms of the uh, driving experience, yep. the power, the yep. economy, the technology is much better. The room is worse. Yes. If you are, like we said, using it for rideshare, if you've got tall people you have to haul regularly or osteoporosis yeah get the uh, Corolla yeah, but they have options for that now too Corolla hybrid yeah or you could go up to a Camry hybrid if you want backseat space or a RAV4 hybrid exactly so there's tons of options out there but I think that the Prius is cool I'm a nerd so I think the Prius has always been cool um, but uh, now I think they're gonna reach a much broader kind of group of people I know? do too and I think that if uh, Toyota sticks this route and, and, and really does push their vehicles Perhaps certain mandates will be pushed back a little bit, which will make more room for these vehicles, which are just way more logical in, in my book hmm. than an awful lot of other vehicles that you could buy for the same price. And then on top of all that, I guarantee you, you're going to see some people using these as tuner bases. Yeah. Because of its looks. That's true. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, if you're wondering, yeah. That's yeah, what is up with the shirt? Yeah, you like that? What video is that from? That's horrible. Uh, yeah. yeah you got, that's the point. You guys are going to have to go on it. It's an Easter egg. You'll have to go online and look it up and try to find where Tommy says, oh no! Oh no! While he's driving. It's about a little over a year ago, I think that this uh, video came out. There you go. I probably have said that in multiple. So, um, <laughs> last question for you, Nathan. Mm. This car um, is the last kind of in this class to survive. The Insight's dead, yeah. you know, in the terms of the ultra efficient cars. Um, do you think this is gonna be a really big seller for Toyota? Yes, I do. I think that not just the looks, but the Prius has always been pretty stable. And as gas prices fluctuate, uh, especially as they move past, in our state, $4 and then in California, 5 and $6, people are going to look at this and go, well, this makes a lot more sense. Because you could put, you know, $30, $40 worth of gas in this thing, right, and drive it for a month or more. Mm -hmm. 52 miles per gallon across the board, fantastic. Yeah, that's true. Well, guys, let us know what you think of this new format. If you like Canada's huge in-depth review where we have a little conversation, we'd love to get your input. We'd love to answer your questions in the next TFL Car Talking Cars podcast, or the TFL Talk podcast, I should say. Um, my dad will be back next week, but if you have any suggestions, be sure to let us know. This has been Tommy. And Nathan. Yeah, we'll see you on the next video. Thank you so much for joining us. Follow us on Patreon and alltfl.com if you don't want to miss any of our videos. Have a great week, guys. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.